Welcome to a King Size Life podcast with Shannon King. Our goal is to encourage and inspire you to get off the sidelines and live this one life He has given us in the biggest way possible. Life is guaranteed to throw us all obstacles and opportunities. Do you choose to be a spectator of life or seize the opportunities given, create your own path, and become everything you're designed to be? Your road to discovery starts now. Here's your host, Shannon King. Welcome to another episode of A King Size Life. I am so excited for this one. She is a longtime friend of mine and somebody that I just love to death and really respect and can't wait for her to share all the things about everything that she's doing to give back to not just our local community, but in a very broad footprint across the nation. And I'm sure it will reach beyond that. Uh, Vanessa Wood is with me here today, and she is the CEO of Ag Women Connect, which is a Christian-based, thriving nationwide organization that supports and advocates, love that, for women in agriculture, no matter what their role is. Her passion and mission is to encourage women to step into their power and use their God-given talents to live a happy, balanced, and fulfilled life. So yes, she's the CEO of Ag Women Connect, but she is one heck of a horse rider. I'm learning that not only do you have a national title, but a world title, right? Did I read that right? And horse judging. And okay. Horse- well, either way. I'll take the riding too. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a mama of Andy and Brooks, which are a couple little athletes that I I have definitely seen firsthand trying to play them some water volleyball. And... <laughs> married to Andrew, amazing family. There's just so much to you. So we'll talk about some of that. That's my intro for you. But why don't you share with the listeners your non-resume intro? Who's Vanessa? My non-resume intro. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm excited. And I was wondering, I'm like, hmm, I wonder when Shannon's going to ask me. (laughs) So it was awesome. That just happened naturally uh, to speak it into existence and it happened, right? Yes. And timing's everything. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. So a little about me. I don't even know where to start. I'm a small town girl. I am from Plainview, Texas, which is up in the panhandle. For those of you who are outside of Texas listening right now, the wind blows almost every day here. So We are tough and gritty. (laughs) Shannon would agree. With grit Uh, in our teeth, literally, sometimes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) There's teeth and yeah, everywhere. But, you know, we embrace it because I believe that our community is just super friendly. And I now live in Lubbock, Texas. So I went to college at Texas Tech. And so what Shannon was saying earlier, I judged for Texas Tech and We won uh, Congress that year and then Reserves World Champion. And then I moved on and coached uh, with the Texas Tech horse judging coach for the following year. And then we also started, or he started the ranch horse team, the first ranch horse team in the nation. If you know anything about, you know, the stock horse of Texas or the ranch horse teams that now compete all across the nation at a collegiate level, that's what that is. That's where it started. So I think it was pretty cool to be a part of that. And I have continued my love for horses. Um, you know, I'm almost 40, but yeah, it's it's kind of looked a little bit different, obviously, from college. Uh, we started a family. I've got two amazing kids and an amazing husband, Andrew, who supports me in all of my endeavors. And something that you know, I guess that was kind of hard for me is that I haven't been as involved in agriculture or with horses in the past years, just because I was trying to figure out life. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of women probably have those same feelings and go through those same things, trying to figure out like what their purpose is and how they can still hold on to their hobbies and the things that they love, but also be a mother and a wife. <laughs> And, you know, have a career and I wanted it all. And so 
Don't yeah. we all? We all want it all. Yeah, we all want it all. So it just, you know, I had about 10 years in there where I did what I could do at home. And I always knew that I was going to work for myself. Like I just could not go work for anybody else. And I knew that as a little girl. And so I have been an entrepreneur at heart since I was very, very young. And I did a couple of home-based businesses for those 10 years, which were fantastic. And, you know, it helps me raise my babies and make some money. And I say all this is there's a point to it. Everything, all that leadership that I learned by running those companies and teams of people have built me into the leader that I am now and the CEO I am now for Ag Women Connect. And I didn't understand that at the time. And it was very frustrating. I mean, just to be real honest with you, like I just remember days that I would be on my knees just crying because, you know, it was just frustrating. Like I just knew that there was something bigger. God had a bigger plan for me. And it just kept, you know, you know how those things just keep rolling around in your head. Absolutely. Right? I do. Yes. <laughs> I relate it to like a volcano waiting to erupt. Like it's all in you and you're just going, I know I've got all of this in me to give. Yes. And dear God, what is it? Just freaking tell me and show me. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. We resonate on that a lot. Mm -hmm. So, Well, we're going to dive into that, but right. I'm going to back you up first. All right. Back it up. So we're going to back up the truck. Let's yeah. back it up too. It's my favorite question to start that I ask every guest. <laughs> Take us to your earliest memory on yeah. earth. Where were you? What were you wearing? How old were you? Describe it for us. You are too funny. Okay, so I lived in this big ranch house in Plainview, and I have some really early memories. So that's funny that you said that. I think I was probably like two or three, and I was in my crib, and my parents were, I think, eating a sandwich in the, you know, in the kitchen, but I was just fascinated with my shoes. <laughs> Were they boots? I know they were little white sneakers, and um, I can't now. I don't remember what what were on the sneakers, but I do remember seeing like there was a lot of light coming into my room that day, and it was a very sunny day. So I, was, I think it was probably spring or summer, and I think we went outside after they had lunch. But I just I don't know. I just remember just being in my crib, fascinated with my shoes. And just like really enjoying and embracing the warmth that was in my room and that, you know, we were going to have fun and play outside that day. Oh, I love that. See, I love the question because one, I could picture you in your little crib, fascinated with your own little shoes, but also just the details of the warmth. I mean, clearly you felt safe. Yeah. It was a safe feeling and a good memory. Why do I picture you in something yellow though? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That is so weird. That just gave me chill bumps because my room was yellow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's probably a whole nother conversation we can have. I don't even know where that came from, but yeah, I was just picturing, picturing yellow in your little white shoes. Maybe it was because of the sun. I don't know. Um, at the time. <laughs> so, okay. So we're now we'll fast forward just a little bit, but. What is it about ag and horses specifically that you're so in love with, that you're just so drawn to? Mm. Okay, let's go with ag first because, you know, my dad was a farmer and a rancher, and I think it's the culture that just really I'm just super passionate about. And describe it's, that for us, for, for people listening that don't understand what ag culture means. Okay. So I feel like ag, there's just a lot of things that people go through that other people may not understand who are outside of that industry. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's just, it's just an adversity. There's adversity after adversity after adversity. Cause you know, you, you're thinking about like the, just the way that they make money and like the physical and the mental and the, the emotional things that they go through being a farmer or rancher, working with, you know, animals, there's just tons of variables, tons of things that can happen. 
like the unknown is a constant, if that makes sense, you know, and they have to just make the best out of it, whatever's thrown their way. But the great thing about the culture in agriculture is that the people take care of each other. It's not the government. I can tell you that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not the city. It is the, it's the community, the community within agriculture that we just all look out for each other. We, you know, we dine together. A lot of us go to church together and not in a cult-like way at all, but I just feel like a lot of us too have the same morals and values and the way that we, like our perspective are very similar. And I believe that people in agriculture have a ton of optimism too. And so that's what's, you know, kept the industry going for so long is like, gosh, they've got perseverance, they've got optimism, they've got grit, they know how to work hard, you know, they know how to take care of, they want to take care of each other. And I saw something the other day, or one of the girls brought it up to me, but like, we really need to be paying attention of the 2% of the nation that feeds 100% of the nation. So there's 2% you know, that accounts for people in agriculture and like, we may be a small community, but we are mighty and we are strong. And there's so much pride in the industry and so much to be proud of Yes, and talk about like true servants and, you know, even to get biblical to, to manage our earth and to give back to the earth and to the people on the planet. I think that a lot of those things are just lost to a lot of people that are not, that don't understand when you say culture, I mean, that is like family, like the things that you truly do for family, Yeah. but 2% of the world is doing that for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. see so much pride in, in the industry from, I would well, until I met you and and the whole Ag, Ag Women Connect, I thought I'm not, I don't have anything to offer Ag Women Connect. But truly, if you consume food, <laughs> I mean, you're a little reliant on agriculture. And it's crazy, too. I'll say ag and people will say, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to say the word agriculture. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. It's- yeah, it is interesting. I think everybody has something to, to contribute to agriculture. And that's what's cool about it. It's like it's painted with such a broad brush, but think about farming or cows. But then you think, I mean, if you're a consumer, if you eat, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't person. miraculously just show up on shelves. But nature too, you know, there's a lot of th- neat things that you could do or maybe a hobby. Like if you like to go hiking or something like that. You know, there's always people at work that are working on preserving the land. And uh, I don't know, it just you can really take it in any direction. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we can talk about that more. So you have you have grown up with a love for the agriculture industry and world and people. Mm -hmm. So how how are how does horses fit in there? Where is the the love for the horse? So horses were were basically self-taught. So it was my mother and I that really decided that, you know, we wanted horses and we wanted them to be a part of our lives and, and vice versa. So my dad, you know, he just had a couple of Shetlands here and there and a couple of ponies, you know, they just kind of rode, but, you know, nothing to work the cattle with. So I would say... I think I was six when they bought me my first horse and his name was Toby and he was just wonderful, like a beautiful Toby on opaque. So he was white, brown and black, just perfect. Like we got him from Ohio. We had a friend in the agriculture community (laughs) help us find the right horse because, oh gosh, for people who don't understand horses, like that could be a nightmare. So if you're listening to this, you want to buy a horse, please reach out to your horse friends who know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to just run out and grab a cute little pony. Yeah. Just because it's a cute pony or a pretty horse. There's so much yeah. that goes into that. 
Yes. So we were very lucky to have somebody, somebody guide us through that process. And so I got into 4-H and FFA. I was more of a 4-H kid. They just had a little bit more to offer. And the 4-H horse club was huge. And so all of those people in the 4-H horse club helped us. So I did like the 4-H uh, district shows and then went to state. And then my dad also did, so not only did he farm and ranch, but he also did appraisals um, for the banks, you know, in and around the Panhandle, not just Plainview, but a lot of the other smaller communities outside of that. And so he was growing his network and he made a lot of friends with other cowboys. And uh, so we kind of made a business out of it. You know, he would buy some horses from some of his cowboy friends and I would ride them. And then sometimes I would keep them and then I would show them and then we would sell them. And so that was a great experience because I got to ride all sorts of horses and horses that were safe. And then gradually we just kind of moved up. So we weren't a family that would, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of money on horses. I'm pretty sure my first horse was probably the most expensive, you know, just because they wanted to make sure I was safe. And But the better I got, you know, I was like, oh, I can take this horse and do this with it and then we can sell it, you know. But still, I, we weren't the type of people that would buy, a, you know, a, a five, $20,000 horse back then. That was a lot of money. Um, it was something that I had to work on. But as the years grew, I got better and... Uh, we were able to buy some nicer horses when I went into high school. And then coming out of high school, I got into the reigning cow horse, which is, I mean, that's that's my thing. I love reigning cow horses. And I was very, very blessed to come across the horse that I rode through college. And we basically won everything that we entered. So and what kind of riding style is that? Like, explain that. Okay, so the reining cow horse, it, the reining is what I'm really passionate about. Cow horse, I need to work a little bit more on. But the reining, y'all should YouTube it, YouTube it or look at it, but it's where they do the sliding stops and the spins and the lead changes. That's so it, awesome. Whenever you explained that to me the first time, I was like, that is so cool. Yes, and it really, like, it was booming. Back in the 2000s, I feel like that industry alone, that's what everybody was was wanting to do. And it's still, to this day, a huge industry within the horse industry. And is so, there a practicality to a horse knowing how to do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and there's there's ways that you want to buy. Like, you you want to buy a horse with a pedigree that has, you know, the reigning cow horse. Um, so do they do that when they're herding cows or something? Will they? Yeah. So okay. like if you're running a horse down a fence, you know, they're going to slide and turn that cow into the fence. So, I mean, it's a little obviously more exaggerating in the reigning class, but with the cow horse, you know, uh, they have a portion of the reigning that they do and then they go in and they either box the calf or they run it down the fence and then they also have to do the circle around them. And so everything just kind of ties together, but it's, it's truly amazing to watch. I need to see a video of you doing that. It just sounds like superhero kind of badass woman kind of stuff. <laughs> so, well, it's been a while since I've been in the show pen. I think it's probably been 10 years. I had an amazing, uh, Philly, excuse me, <laughs> she's a mare now, but that I bought with Andrew when we were pretty young. And I was like, okay, I'm going to show her. And I only got to show her like two or three times just because life got so busy, but she's going to be an amazing brood mare and she's expecting a baby any day now. Oh, yeah. So t tell us something about for people that don't have exposure to horses, but describe at a personal level, like what is it about a horse that maybe people don't realize that makes them just so special? Well, horses are truly magical. I'm sure you've heard that, but a horse can hear your heartbeat. I think it's, I'm going to say it wrong. I need to Google it, but I think it's like 
Oh, it's okay. Don't mark her words. It's somewhere in the neighborhood. (laughs) Like up to four to six feet away, they can hear your heartbeat. Um, And they, they're really in tune to you as a person. Like if, if you're mad or if you're sad and you walk up to that horse, like they know it. So, so they're very empathetic animals. My gosh. Yes. They could truly help you heal. And so another thing that I've done in the horse industry is I have helped people with hypotherapy, which is where adults and kids, especially with disabilities can get on a horse. And it's, it's a type of therapy, like a, a, you know, like physical, it is a physical therapy, but then you have like the emotional part too. And so I ran and managed um, a hypotherapy barn for about a year when I was in college. And then I I ran several camps too, but it is extraordinary the leaps and bounds that these people will make through that kind of therapy. I mean, there's, there were kids who could not speak and because of the stimulation of riding that horse and, um, uh, that's probably the best, you know, that's probably the best yeah. word. Like it stimulates their body, but it also stimulates their mind. So they were able to speak and make, you know, sounds or they were able oh. to, you know, move their legs or work on the core. You know, it, I don't know. It was just, yeah. I've just always thought that they are <laughs> majestic, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was the, I guess, city girl. And my cousin that was the same age, we were the only girls for the longest time. And she was the country girl and had all the horses. And I so, I loved her horses. I so badly fell in love with them, wanted so badly to have the twang. Like I just wanted to be her and have that life. But because of the horses, I was so envious of her being able to go out every day and ride her horse. And she was an amazing barrel racer and her dad um, was a bull rider. And anyway, just the whole life fascinated me and I would be able to sit on the tractor with her during harvest time. And so that was my, you know, my exposure to horses, but I, I would dream about them and cry thinking about them. There was just such a powerful connection. And I was really fortunate, um, living with my stepdad, Phil and my mom for a very brief amount of time, but he had a lot of horses and a lot of cattle and he gave me a little green broke horse and his name was Little Bit. And oh. I I went out every, I just couldn't wait to wake up and see him. And I was 13, loved that horse. I can't even explain the connection. Like it's such a deep emotional connection. And they were crazy because they would let me just go out. I mean, he was not completely broke. And I would just go out for hours al- through the pastures all out in the country and ride him. But they've always just been really special to me, just magical. Yeah. And I didn't know it made sense. Somebody told me after I got older, I mean, this hasn't been very long ago. And it was just like, oh, that they're a prey animal. Yeah. And that's why they are skittish and why they are not immediately trusting if you just want to approach them. How I mean, they're constantly on guard. Um, So for them to trust you. I think is what is so powerful whenever they will trust you to yes. get their trust is emotional. Yeah, they're definitely flight animals, but I think there's so many misconceptions about horses too. Uh, they don't ever mean to harm you. So like if they do, it's because, you know, they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um but that's awesome that you got to have that experience and you know, you're welcome. Like you need to come out and ride our horses. Oh, I want to, and I want my kids to, yes. I just want them to have that experience. <laughs> <laughs> you could do something like that with ag women connect and start exposing some of us yes. city folk to, to some, <laughs> some horses. Okay. So now we're going to fast forward. Thank you for sharing that. I just, I want people to understand your heart is so much more than um, what people may see on the surface level of what Ag Women Connect is, but really from your entire life. I mean, you've been being prepared to do what you're doing, you know, from your leadership preparation and all the highs and lows and blows and sacrifices and everything that you've done through your professional career 
to develop those leadership skills for this, to be able to give back, but also just really your heart and your intentions are very pure. Um, and you're passionate, you know, people throw that word around a lot, but you truly, I see the passion in you for the industry, for exposing people to this industry and for preserving this industry, but also for empowering women and just a lot of the heart things that go along with that. So take us to the moment. When did it click? When did you get off your knees and go, this is what I'm doing? Off your knees from praying and crying and okay, this is what I'm doing. Dreaming, dreaming. So don't ever stop dreaming. So I was daydreaming one day in the summer of 2021 and I had been a part of another ag women group that I didn't feel comfortable around, honestly. Um, but the dreaming part wasn't attached to thinking about that experience. It just, those, that experience happened close to, to that period. So I feel like Ag Women Connect was very pure when I was just dreaming. I'm like, man, it would be super cool if we could have, you know, this organization built around the needs of women in agriculture and I don't know. I honestly, I just started thinking about it and I was like, I think I could really make this work. You know, we would just, you know, start out small, even though I had a big vision for it, but I had seen some things kind of going on in the company that I was employed with too, as well. And I was really nervous about how things were going to end. And so I think it honestly just got to the point where I'm at a point in my life where I want to build something for other people, but I want to be in control of it. Like if I, if I'm going to pour my heart and soul into something, I don't necessarily want that company to be owned by any, anybody else, but me, um, I want to be able to call the shots and I want to grow this in the way that I have it in my head not by anybody else. And I know that kind of sounds selfish, but it's not. It's just, you know, um, I had been working so long for other people. I just felt God really say like, it's your time to do your thing. And so it got started and um, I did have another business partner and I went with to her with the idea and then we joined arms and you know, we had a few meetings that fall, but things weren't really working well as far as like syncing our schedules. And then that January, uh, our company sold to another company and I was completely out of a job. And so I did not start Ag Women Connect, you know, for the money. I started it for other women, but now losing my job, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got all this time. Hmm. Wonder what I can do. <laughs> so, so much for starting small. I'm going to yeah, use this so time. Much for starting to go small. big. That and that's exactly what it is. I mean, God was like, "Let's go." <laughs> and so I asked the other woman that was in business with me because I didn't want to be walking on eggshells trying to get done what I wanted to do with this huge vision that I had now. And so we got it put back in my name and all things were good. And uh, I got my website put together. And so I did a hard relaunch in May of 2022. And so we haven't even, you know, we're coming up on a year, but the amount <laughs> that we've grown in less than a year is absolutely incredible. I just like. Yes, it's mind blowing. It is. It really is. But Which that, is, I mean, just clearly supports that there's such a need for what you are doing. Yes. Yes. And I think, honestly, it was my reward, or it has been my reward from God, because I had to fully step into my faith. <laughs> you talk about, like, unknowns. I still have, un I have unknowns every day I wake up, you know? And it's we will forever. <laughs> <laughs> just being a mom provides that 
Oh my goodness. But when building a business like this, like you really have to develop um, the person, you know, you just really have to develop yourself and you have to work on yourself and know that um, everything's going to be okay. But I would just say my inner circle, I wouldn't be where I am today without them. It hasn't been Vanessa Wood, CEO of Ad Women Connect, building this business. It has been a group of people who have believed in this vision with me and for me. And that's what has been so humbling is there's just so many people who do want to help and be a part of it. So I cannot take credit for everything that's happened in the last year. Well, you've fostered some really amazing relationships over time too. Um, yeah. And your integrity speaks for itself. So people want to, and, and trust in what you're doing and want to be aligned with that. You said something recently, I believe it was on the Ag Women Connect podcast or just the weekly discussion, mm -hmm. but you said if, if there were words on your tombstone, it would be just ask. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so let's talk about that a little bit. And to the listeners, the importance of asking. Yeah, there's so much power in that. So I talk a lot about just the power of connection in general, you know, networking and building relationships. Like the happiest people in the world are the people who build relationships and work on those relationships, right? So, but within that, I think a lot of people get stuck in this world because they let fear get in the way, which everybody's heard that. But in my opinion, when I'm talking to that, I don't think people are comfortable with asking for what they need or even asking for what they want. Um, and so I have just learned to be a really good asker. <laughs> I ask almost every day for something and, uh, it it is just done incredible things for me personally, but for our business too. And I ask in such a way that everybody gets, you know, everybody benefits, you know, no matter what comes out of that asking, um, you know, sometimes I do get a no and that's okay. So that's all, you know, that's just something, okay, I gotta, I gotta know how, how am I going to make this work or, maybe that wasn't the right person to ask, you know? <laughs> so there's always yeah. a lesson in it, but there's, like I said earlier, there's so many other people who want to contribute, mm -hmm. but you will never know the answer unless you ask. So. Yeah. I think most of most people are actually out there wanting to help other people if given the opportunity. Well, like, and you and I are very strong personalities and we can get a lot done, especially for atypical people, which are us. So I think that's something that held me up in the past is that instead of delegating and asking, I just tried to do everything on my own. And like, you can't do that, especially when you're building something this massive, I've learned, like, I literally delegate almost something new to somebody on my team every day. And I still work, you know, 12 to 14 days sometimes. I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> but and look at the people you delegate to. I mean, how they step into that and what they're doing with that, that trust that you're putting in them and empowerment that you're giving them. Did you ask what is it? No, I said, and look at what that's doing. Yeah. Oh, well that, and they enjoy it. I mean, mm -hmm. they truly enjoy it. They're just, you know, they're honored to be asked and they're good at things that I'm not good at. So let's like speak to that for a second. That's knowing your strengths and weaknesses. You know, I, I've been, my favorite thing lately that I've been saying to people is like, I don't like getting bogged bogged down on the details like I am not a detailed person Damn. I want to throw yeah I want to throw I'm like analysis paralysis do not put me there I do <laughs> not want to get wound up in the details I'm a I'm gonna go I'm a yes. action taker yeah yeah I want to shove details down a garbage disposal same and, you know, <laughs> turn it on and walk away <laughs> but they're important 
Yeah. Details are important. Details are very important. <clears throat> Just like I missed a couple of things on a contract that I was looking at on Monday and I asked, and I had asked some questions that were already there in the contract so if i wouldn't have been like just skimming and getting the big picture you know i could have probably saved myself some time yeah <laughs> but you know it's okay to admit that uh, i was on a conference last week and a lot of women were talking about that you know like knowing your strengths and weaknesses like i have somebody to come in and even though I work from home, like I have somebody come in to help me clean the house, you know, two or three times a month. It's not because I necessarily don't want to do it. It's like, I just don't have time to do it. Like I need to be doing other things that are more productive than cleaning house right now. Yeah. I mean, that's smart. Anytime you can leverage your time, if it's something that, you know, when we look at what we could do in an hour and what that could produce, if we are focused on that hour, to me, mm -hmm. time is money in that situation. And if it's something that I can pay somebody else that they're better at it anyway, to free up my time so that I can do something that's anything that you can automate, you know, in in our lives, automate. Mm -hmm. They talk about that a lot. You know, leaders and organizations talk about that a lot. Anything that you can automate. And I, I Mike and I kind of go toe to toe on this. I finally won out having somebody clean our house. Because yeah. I'm like, any free time we have, I don't want either one of us spending it having to clean our toilet bowls. Yes, I can. I know how to do it. But there's other things I would rather be doing with any of that time that we have. Yeah. Um, same thing with repairing things. I know you can do it. But somebody else could come and do it in a fraction of the time and we could be freed up to do something else. Um, so it's just smart. It's smart to automate parts of your life that you can too. So that you can put it into things like your international vision for Ag Women Connect. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, I definitely agree with you. The best leaders that I know are ones that are willing to acknowledge their weaknesses and then surround themselves with a team that have strengths that we do not. Yeah. And they go, and that's not, that's been another hard lesson too, is using my discernment on who really knows what they're doing and who it's just like not being truthful, mm -hmm. uh, especially with building a business. And so I kind of went down a path with that. And so you just can't hire the first person that, that raises their hand, raises their hand. Like mm -hmm. if you're building something and you're putting your name on it, like, I've had to take a step, a step back and just, you know, evaluate that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it can end up costing you a lot more time and your reputation and everything. All yeah. of that's like really important. So talk about what are some things that Ag Women Connect is doing in our local community and what your, your broader reach is. So people understand, okay, what is Ag Women Connect? I get it. It's to connect women, but what does that actually look like in the organization? Well, first and foremost, you know, it's about connecting and building those relationships with others in the industry and outside the industry. Like we welcome other women who want to know more about agriculture and we love educating, you know, the public about like what's really going on within our industry. So we don't discriminate and, it doesn't matter what role that you have in agriculture, like you're welcome and you're welcome to come and be a part of our organization. And so I created chapters across the United States that you could plug into. So since we're new, um, we've got quite a few here in Texas just because that's where I'm from, but they meet monthly and they mix it up. So according to like their demographics and agriculture if that makes sense in their area you know they they're going to do things um within that area that supports their community and agriculture so you know up here in the panhandle we have more of a farming community um and so but the cool thing about it is that the leaders within those chapters are being creative and it's their way of 
really plugging into something and being part of something bigger than themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that. And so we've got a few here in Texas and then we've got Arizona, New Mexico, um, I think Wyoming and Florida that are open and Indiana right now. So Mm -hmm. that's really neat to see that. And that's so exciting. I know. I know. Well, and another cool thing is I have a, a couple of women who are in different states that are leading my chapters for me. And so, again, it's like it's developing their leadership skills and they're so happy to do that. So they're putting together like the blueprint and the guidelines and everything that you would need to know to plug into a chapter or start a chapter in your area. So how would somebody start a chapter in their area for for the states that don't have one? So they would just email us at info agwomenconnect.com and then the girls would take care of them. They'll probably hop on a phone call with you and then we take references and things like that. Just get to know you a little bit better about your background and then you go from there. It's really not that hard. Yeah, it's not going to be any time and you're going to have representation in every state. Yeah. Which is exciting to see. So, okay. So there's the monthly meetings and then what other mediums can people plug into to be a part of the conversation or just listen to what's going on? So something that is very common in agriculture is there are a lot of families who are isolated from, you know, other communities, towns, cities, you know, you think about it, you know, there's some people that live an hour or two hours from town. And so I thought that doing a weekly podcast would be a great idea for anybody across the nation that would want to plug into a, you know, just a weekly conversation. Uh, It started off as a wellness Zoom, like, hey, let's just check on each other. Let's, how are you doing? What are you doing right now? How can we help you kind of thing? And then we started bringing in uh, featured members, which are our Ag Women Connect members who sign up um, to be a member. And so we're featuring them. And then we also bring in some bigger keynote speakers as well. But the cool thing is, it's like it's, you know, a podcast you can just listen to. But I invite all of these women to be a part of the conversation and ask questions. And so it's really cool. Like, we don't know where the conversation is going to go half the time. <laughs> yeah, you I know? can speak to that. Yeah. It is such a cool experience and format <laughs> how you do it because you are open to questions and it does kind of take on a life of its own, but it's powerful and meaningful and welcoming and educational, all of it. So you really feel like you're a part of something and not just a spectator. Yes. So that's been fun. And so we're, We've been planning those out. And then the rural radio, RFD TV is going to pick it up and they're going to air it on Sirius. Oh, wow. Nice. Saturdays. And so we're in the middle of like just getting all of that figured out. But we're excited about that. It's just going to give us more exposure. And uh, I think these conversations are just cool. Like you were on the one last week. I know. I loved it. I could have just... There are so many things going through my head and I was like, just be quiet. Let other oh. people talk because it's like, it just really, um, and all of it interests me so much. Yeah, it's good stuff. So that's going pretty strong. And then we have national events. So one that's coming up is the Cowgirl Gathering in May. So it is in the Fort Worth Stockyards, which is pretty much like the place to be anything. You know, if you're involved in the Western industry, uh, everybody knows what the Fort Worth Stockyards is. And so what they do is like they've got a a barrel racing and uh, they've got roping. So women come in to do this massive, you know, I think it's three day event for them, depending on what event that they do. So but on top of that, they've partnered with APHA, which is American Paint Horse Association, and the Combs Ranch. So I'm I'm sure some of y'all have heard of Combs Jeans, and Amanda Kimes, the owner and CEO of that company, 
Uh, we all go into the Cowboy Channel, which it hold, I think it holds around 300 people. It's not very big, uh, but that's their studio. And she goes in and interviews these people live, like these featured guests that come in from all over the nation. It's women, not only in the Western industry, but now in the agriculture industry. And so that's why they locked arms with me because we had a really great discussion last year and I was like look there's a lot of women that want to be a part of this but they aren't necessarily a cowgirl right well what we speak to at that that event is more of a cowgirl state of mind and uh and they want more women in agriculture to be a part of it and to experience it because there are some pretty amazing women in agriculture doing great things so many so, so many. many of all ages Yes. And so I'm just excited and honored that they're going to let me bring in, bring in a couple of speakers in the agriculture field to come be a part of that and speak to everybody. And why is agriculture, just your perspective, so important to everybody listening? Because we can't live without it. <laughs> I mean, it truly is that simple. It really is. And if like we don't start waking up and fighting back against our government and like what's going on, all of this endangered species stuff going on where farmers and ranchers are going to be, you know, buying this amount of money because this animal lives on their land and then they can't do anything with their land. I mean, that's just like one example. Mm -hmm. I feel like our government really twists uh, everything that's out there. I mean, for goodness, for goodness sakes, like one out of four children think that chicken nuggets come from a plant. Like we have to do better. There's a few million out there that still think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. Oh, and so do you just... feel like the biggest threat to agriculture is an purely education? misinformation for sure and just twisted perspectives you know there's there's so many people who just take things out of context and they only show like the media only shows a little part but well if i didn't have farmers in my family i would have thought that anytime a crop didn't go well or they didn't get their way that the government just bailed them out that's what i've always heard and so you're like oh poor farmer yeah. when in actuality yeah. that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, not even close. Um, There's so much, so much fallacies out there around. Well, oh my gosh. I mean, we could just talk about all the plant-based crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like trying to force feed us some food made in a plant somewhere, not, <laughs> not from a plant. Yeah. No. <laughs> even though they say it's plant-based uh, yeah, made in a freaking Petri dish or cricket meat or any of it to get us to be reliant on the government for our food supply. Yeah. So yeah. if I were to tell anybody listening, if you're like, what do I, what affiliation do I have with ag women connect? And why would I want to tune in to get educated, get educated about what's really going on right outside your front door in your own community, but then globally so that you can, I mean, we can take action. I think that one of the most powerful things that we could do is subject our children to it. Let them see it firsthand. Where yeah. does your food come from? Yes. And teach them that. That's so much fun. Like grow a garden or even if you don't want to grow a garden, maybe start growing some herbs or something like that. But kids love that kind of stuff. Yeah. We saw Maximus's little cabbage head that he grew in grade school and he's 13 now. And that thing is still alive and he's so proud of it. I mean, kids love to, they do. They love to see things grow. There's so much pride in just watching. I mean, think about how all we all feel whenever one of our plants dies. and We're like, I can't even keep a plant alive. But there's pride in watching something that you planted grow. Yes. Yes. There's so many things that you could do. Um, but I think opening our eyes on like where our, our, our food sources, where everything comes from, I think that's very important. That's probably number one. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to start growing some of your own vegetables and also buying from the lo local farmers and ranchers. That's huge. If you truly knew what came from Walmart, you don't want to know. 
Yeah. Seek them out. Your, your food supply from the United States, not, I mean, there's, I think about, is it butcher box that their meat is grown in Australia? Isn't it butcher box that their meat actually comes from Australia? So people Uh, think that they're getting their sources from the United States and they're, they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah, seek out your local farmer and rancher and they're amazing ones and they take pride in their, in their food. And with inflation, mm-hmm. it's not, a, it's not more expensive to buy from them than it is to go into the store. Yeah, that's true. And the quality of our food is just getting disgusting in the stores. Yeah. And it truly is. And that's what's sad. It's like they make all the cheap and the processed foods affordable and then if you want to eat healthy and clean, you're going to pay a little bit more. But I mean, if, if you truly want to get in tune with your body and you want to start living in health, a healthier lifestyle, then start buying from your local farmers and ranchers. Yeah. If it like, comes from a plant, <laughs> I don't mean, I mean like the big metal plant. Yeah. <laughs> then avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Stick, stick with what God made. Um, well, and the things that the FDA approves in the United States is astonishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons of foods that are black labeled and cannot be eaten in other countries, but yet the United States has approved it for us. So mm-hmm. check into that too. You know, I wa- I saw, it, I think she was on TikTok. It's like my news source. <laughs> I'm kidding. But this was fascinating to me where she lived here in the United States and then she moved to Europe and did not change any of her eating at all and was able to get the same. And she didn't eat. It's not like she was a clean eater and she was still eating like macaroni and cheese and boxed cereals and whatever. And she lost 20 pounds. And she said, here is why. And she showed the ingredient labels on those same foods there compared to the United States. And there would be like four or five ingredients on the European box labels and 30 to 40 things that you can't even pronounce here in the United States. That's what the government is doing to us. And everybody's sitting there going, why are autoimmune diseases increasing? Why is cancer increasing? Why are food allergies increasing? Why is our health declining? Yeah. Oh, I believe it a hundred percent. Yeah, me too. And people just need to get educated about it. And the more I learn, the more I want to move and live off in a cabin in the middle of Alaska and like off the grid <laughs> throw everything. I would probably die within the first three days, but, um, yeah, I need to learn some survival skills. Okay. So back to ag women connect where, what is the future vision? Where is this going? Okay. So the future vision, and it's already up on the website, and that's how I promote the, the company. is It's America's platform for women to come to to share their thoughts, ideas, and stories. But what comes within that is basically it will be the platform to come to for women in agriculture for everything, for education, for business services, for resources, for connection, to learn how to do certain things. Uh, so we're going to have videos on like how to to do things, which is kind of cool. Like if you want to learn how to raise chickens and, um, you know, eat their meat or raise chickens for eggs, like that's going to be on there. Uh, and so th- we're launching our YouTube channel. It's already been done. So we're starting to put information out there already on that. But also like on the litigation side. I have a team of women that want to put together resources for what we were just talking about. Like, Hey, this is a, this is a, a mistruth about agriculture. Here's what's really going on. And then business services. So that's huge. I mean, that's something that I have, I'm still working on today is like cultivating those relationships and those businesses um, that are trustworthy and that you can do business with. And so I want to be, able to provide that for women in agriculture like hey do you need a lawyer here's who you should go to um do you, do you need, need a commercial a- real estate agent yeah do you need a commercial <laughs> real estate agent King. you know she's wonderful uh, so there's massive like thousands of dollars of 
probably millions of dollars of resources um, that they would be able to plug into and not have the headache of doing business with the wrong person. So an incredible connecting the dots for people. What if somebody wants to be a member right now of Ag Women Connect, what can you talk about membership, how they were, how they're able to get those memberships and maybe highlight some that provide value and what that is. I mean, I know they all provide value, but you know what I mean? If there, there's somebody out there as an individual going, I want to be a member. What does that mean? I have a business. I want to be a member. What does that mean? Okay. So we've made it super simple. You can go to our website, www.agwomen.com. Uh, go to join. And then there's three memberships, connect, inspire, and engage. Connect is like just your basic membership. Um, and you'll be able to come to the meetings, you know, plug into all of the events. Um, you're going to get our newsletter, which is full of information. We send out probably, I would say one to two emails a week of just educational things and things that we've got going on within the company. So, you're going to get all that information. Uh, other ones are the, the inspire and engage. And so with that, you get massive recognition. So if you become an inspire member, like you get a free t-shirt, uh, we put your beautiful face on our website and all of our platforms, which is Facebook and Instagram. And along with any of your business um, links that you have, and uh, you also get discount discounts to our events, which is that's got massive value too. And then the engage membership, you're able to be featured on our podcast. And then not only is your biography and um, your business listed on the website, but we've also, so there's like, there's members, like a member directory that you can look at with their biography, but then we have mem- like business member services. And so your business is listed again as a straight service <laughs> on our website. So it's almost like a, a two in one package as far as advertising. And then of course, like you get announced on our newsletter with that as well and a free t-shirts and more discounts. And acts like first information access to things that are coming up, discounts with your affiliations. There's so there's so much benefit. And to remind everybody with a national reach <laughs> that you're getting your information out there in connection, there's yeah. so much that comes with it. So if are you looking for sponsors in any way right now, or is it strictly membership where where you grow the income for the nonprofit to put on all these events and everything that you're doing or definitely sponsors, but I'm actually about to rearrange that. And we're going to start selling advertising packages now that we're getting picked up by the cowgirl channel for our documentary series, the untold stories of women in agriculture. So we're going to have advertising um, that we're going to get to sell which was, is going to be like massive exposure. I mean, y'all are going to be, if you sponsor that or if you buy an advertising package for that, you're going to get some massive exposure on all platforms. And then also for the podcast. So we're going to sell advertising packages to that as well to be mentioned um, in our podcast and on our website. So we're going to have banner um, advertisements for businesses. Um, to be able to be a part of that. So that's kind of more the direction that we're moving into. And hopefully that'll be solidified in the next week or two where people can, can do that. And then we do have a gala coming up in October. So this is for members and non-members who want to be, you know, a part of Ag Women Connect and support Ag Women Connect. We're going to have a silent auction and a live auction and some amazing music and a very good time. And so we're going to do most of our fundraising at that event. October what? It's October 6th in Slayton, Texas, which is right outside of Lubbock at the Tin Top venue. It is Such a, a cool venue. Yes. Silos that have been uh, reinvented, basically. <laughs> 
That'll be so awesome. And, you know, I can't believe we've already been talking almost an hour because we didn't, maybe you could just (laughs) at least briefly mention uh, the mental health aspect and who you've partnered with to provide that resource since mental health is not unique to every other industry in the world. It is heavily impacts the ag industry as well. Yeah, so farmers and ranchers are 150 uh, more times likely to commit suicide than any other person in the United States. We basically lead the polls right next to the veterans in suicide, and it's a big deal. Um, and just think about just 2% of you know farmers take up the nation, but within that 2%, like there's a lot of you know, men and women that either attempt suicide or take their lives. And so we have partnered with Go Texan, which is Sid Miller's um, organization. And the company that they partnered with or they established is called Agri Stress. And they have a hotline where you could either text or call, you know, if you're not feeling well or if you have somebody that you're concerned with in your community, you can call this hotline. And what the great thing about it is that it is agriculture-based people who understand the adversities that you know we go through. So it's somebody that you could connect with. It's not a therapist picking up you know, the phone. It's actually somebody in that community that knows what you're talking about. Such an incredible resource and and such an important topic to be willing to talk about. Yeah, it's the only sure. way that people will be able to get the help that they need and know that they're not alone. I guess the final thing that I would ask you to share with the listeners, especially are the women out there. Um, what do you feel like women are most challenged with today? that they would be able to get some fulfillment and connection through Ag Women Connect, through the the network that you've built. So agriculture aside, Mm -hmm. just connection. We help you to stop thinking about what other people think. (laughs) (laughs) Stop thinking about what other people think. Um, That would be what I would say to any woman right now. But as far as like our community within Ag Women Connect, like we have those hard conversations often and you know, lots of vulnerability comes out, tears come out, emotions come out, but I really and truly feel like it is a safe space for you to open up and let us know what's going on. Yeah, I would agree. Such a welcoming, like I, I had started in the very beginning, what do I have to offer to Ag Women Connect? I don't see myself as playing a role in that world, but I do. I mean, I have a big responsibility to educate my children. I sell land. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do have a role in that. But that aside, I was able to come to my first event and feel welcomed. Yeah. And f- and feel like I could ask questions and feel like um, I didn't have to be a sixth generation dairy farmer or farmer or rancher to have a place at the table. I was a woman looking for connection and education, educate me, teach me. Um, So just the connection alone that you can, the relationships you can foster in, in a welcoming environment like that are so incredibly important. I think that um, more than ever, people feel alone more than ever. People are hiding behind the smiling pictures and the highlight reel and they're suffering in silence because of everything that we faced with through 2020. And people are still trying to adapt to how do I reacclimate myself to in-person and, and those meaningful connections with people. So I would encourage you in any capacity, even if it's just to come to an event. You don't have to be an, a member just to come to your first event, right? Come see what it's about. Go to the website, agwomen.com and 
find a chapter where you are. If there's not one, what I would encourage you to do is if you if you are involved in in the um, industry is start one in your area. Start one. Um, but either way, show up, show up to the podcast, show up to the weekly discussions. There's so many ways that you can get education, educated and learn more about this and you can get involved at whatever level. But if at the very basic level, what you're craving is connection, then it's for you. Um, so thank you, Vanessa, for being on. I always yeah. run into this problem with people that I have so much in common with. I can just talk to you forever, but I am so proud of you. And I um, hope that you're incredibly proud of yourself for doing what a lot of people will never do. And that's taking action and making the sacrifices that it takes to serve other people, because we need people like you that are willing to go out and really do the big things that are going to have such an impact um, on our future and our kids' future and the legacy. You know, everybody wants to leave a legacy and that's exactly what you're doing from how you leave people from a simple conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of your legacy, how people feel when you leave them. So I, I appreciate you for all of those things and hope people will get involved. She listed a lot of, a lot of ways that you can become a member. Um, definitely worth it for your dollar to get the exposure. Um, so much. There's so much, like there's so much going on and look what you've done in such a short time. Well, you've been a fan of mine, but I've always been a fan of you too. You're doing amazing things and I look up to you in a lot of ways too. And that's what's cool is like, we just seem to attract a lot of movers and shakers into this, this organization. And it's just fun because we understand each other. Yeah. There's some major players. It's crazy yeah. the things that people are doing in, in the world that are of, involved in this organization. But I definitely believe it's a testimony to um, your faith and being faithful and stepping out in faith and all those days of praying on your knees and begging for direction and for God to show you, look what, look what he's doing because of your faithfulness and his. So thank you for being on. And I will just close with what I always close with. My prayer for you is that you get off the sidelines of life and live a king-sized life because we only get one. You've been listening to a King-Sized Life podcast with Shannon King. You can follow Shannon on Facebook and Instagram. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We really appreciate that effort. Be sure to join us next time for another encouraging podcast with Shannon King. Thanks so much for listening.